previously on Funny Science Fiction. Now that uh, joke really went over well when the second Blade Runner came out because oh, she would say, the cashier would say Blade Runner, and I'm like, oh, that's great. She said, yeah, the second one. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Dylan. We're from some nobodies. We want to welcome you to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where everything isn't Marvel Comics related, but we try to make it so, just like Captain Picard would want it to be. So our guests today are known as Some Nobodies, Zach and Dylan. Now, these guys are the hosts of more than some 12-odd podcasts, either done together or separately, and we'll get to all of those very shortly. But first, we're going to ask both Zach and Dylan some very deeply probing and more than likely embarrassing questions about their childhood, most of which are going to result in at least the cancellation of, of probably three of their 37 podcasts. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to have you on here today. We've been kind of kind of geeking out over some of your guys' stuff, checking out what you do. I've been watching your lives for the last couple of weeks, throwing odd odd details at you guys, trying to see if you take them into one of your movie script things. But alas, so far, no, I, you guys shot me down on every one of them. I wasn't cool enough. But I'm going to, you know, go over my corner and cry. I'll be fine. But uh, so, yeah, so just want to make sure you guys know that we kind of think you're cool. That's why we had you on. So, um, you guys, if you're listening right now, make sure that uh, at the end of this, that you guys go find, and we'll talk about this more in the end, but we want to make sure you guys go out and find some nobodies uh, at somenobodies.com. You can check them out there and all their stuff. So let's, let's for a quick moment, because this is an interview-based show. That's how we kind of how we do things here. Um, I want you guys to talk about backgrounds for a minute so our, our audience can understand who and what you are. And we'll let you guys take turns to do this. You guys can play rock, paper, scissors if you like to see who goes first. Uh, that's fine. You can settle it like adults. Uh, so the question is, what are your backgrounds in the sci-fi area? And what led you to podcasting and all of your 44 podcasts? I'm going um, to let Dylan go first, mostly because he knows that I'd never win a game of paper, rock, scissors. Oh, there you go. All right. No, it's because you keep phrasing it in the incorrect order. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, he's got you there. It is rock, paper, scissors, but, you know, you do you. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Maryland. Things are way different there. East Coast, you know how it goes. Clearly. Um, <laughs> no, I grew up um, in a household. Uh, my parents were both music professors. My dad was a big sci-fi fantasy nerd growing up, and he passed it on to me from a really young age. I remember um, one of the big things that my parents were very enthusiastic about was reading with all i have two younger sisters reading with all three of us before all of us went to bed and when it came to my dad and i it was usually i think one of the first books that i had ever like been exposed to was the hobbit and then that led to lord of the rings and then that led to ursula kayla Gwyn, Earthsea stuff and then that led to some sci-fi stuff with asimov and heinlein i was a huge fan of the animorph series as a kid which you may be surprised to know actually has some really kind of in-depth space opera elements to it. So I was kind of like embroiled in that from a really young age. Um, I went to an arts camp as a kid and all the older kids there played Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. So I had a really deep like fantasy exposure. I read like a maniac as a kid. Um, about high school, I decided I wanted to go into writing professionally because I like telling stories and I figured that's probably the easiest way to do it. Got a creative writing degree did some freelance technical stuff and then uh, came out to Colorado, met, met Zach and um, you know, my uh, creativity just kind of shot off after that. Um, otherwise I do, I do small writing gigs here and there. I have a novel that I'm not doing anything with. I do board game design, that sort of thing. So just kind of scattered, just kind of creative cool. projects here and there. Well, you got something in common there with Nick. Nick is also doing a board game right now. He's in the middle of building one. Right on. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a it's a different creative task than a lot of other stuff I do. It is, especially the whole balance balancing aspect, because you're like, oh, well, this can't work here. Oh, I gotta fix this. And... <laughs> yeah, it's one of the it's one of the few projects I've had where I've been had to be very diligent about cutting stuff out that doesn't work, no matter how much I like it. Because it's like, mm -hmm. well, I like this idea, but it really slows everything down, so I can't have it in there, and then you just have to cut it. I'm already on like the 10th edition of mm -hmm. my version. <laughs> Zach, how about you? 
Yeah, I had uh, a, a polar opposite childhood. Um, I had a very weird upbringing in Maryland. Um, so my first, uh, I guess, experience with Star Wars, my dad took me to see Star Wars when I was like three months old. And he like, we we would we lived close to a drive-in movie theater. So he would always just take us there and he knew the guy that worked there. So we always got in for free. So we always like saw movies in the drive-in theater. But other than that, like we actually didn't, have like a tv at our house so um it was weird so i grew up kind of in the woods so when i got old enough like around like eight or nine uh, my parents would just drop me off at the movie theater on like my birthday or whatever with like twenty dollars like a dollar theater and i would just sit in the same theater and watch the same movie over and over again and that's when I kind of just fell in love with certain genres of movies, ones that I couldn't create in the woods or whatever, which is mostly sci-fi stuff. And then when I, you know, I moved to Delaware and then you know, after high school, whatever, uh, my first real job was at a blockbuster video. And the first like guys that I met there were like my managers, but they were like five or six years older than me. So they kind of acted more of like a big brother. And every day I would leave Blockbuster with like six VHS tapes. And they're like, you have to watch these tonight. We're going to quiz you tomorrow. And they're like, the you know, you know, Akira and Tron and, you know, every nice, single movie yeah. that like, you know, that, that at the time, like nerd dude should like really know <laughs> and love. And, you know, all the Star Wars and the different editions at the time, because uh, it was right around 99. So the first like edition, the first like, second edition of star wars came out right when around Fan phantom menace came out and ironically my daughter was born the same year so her first movie i took her to see phantom menace when she was only three months old so we kind of do this tradition where like uh well now i just kind of grab babies that are around three months old and take them to see star wars if, if they're not mine um but uh no i just i've always loved sci-fi i've always loved the movies you know the feel of being in the movies but uh and then when i got older i got into the restaurant business, but then I started doing stand-up comedy. And when I moved to Colorado a couple years ago, I was going to do more stand-up comedy and try to make a movie somehow. And then I met Dylan and he really had this interesting way of sparking like these real creative questions out of me. And so we kind of latched onto one, which was Silicon Angels. And then we kind of really just dove deep in the sci-fi stuff. And we made that into a podcast and trying to make a movie, but blah, blah, blah. Uh, but either way, yeah, that, that's kind of my story uh, up until right now. Nice. And we're just going to clarify when he takes these uh, three-month-old children, he clearly has parental consent. So, uh, you know, Oh There's yeah, no. no I, I no, need to, no need to alert the authorities, please. No, uh, I, I pay for the whole family to come. I just, I like, I like babies. Their babies are cute. They're so great. I think they're cute as long as I can send them home with somebody else. I've had my well, share. We're good. Yeah, absolutely. And you they know. gotta be, and they gotta be quiet in the theater. That's it. Right. Sugar them up. Shake them home. Shake them up. Send them home with somebody else. You know, it's good. <laughs> so while I was looking into uh, your backgrounds, I noticed what intrigued me was your selection of the type of enthusiast you are. Dylan is a chicken thigh enthusiast and Zach is a sandwich enthusiast. Oh God, yeah. And I can totally get on board with these, but I cannot help to think that there's a story behind these enthusiasms. So tell us about this chicken thigh sandwich enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll go first if that's okay. Sure. Uh, the sandwich is the best form of food there can be. If you think about what's wrong with most dishes, it's the utensils and the plates because you got to do something with it. With the sandwich, you eat the plate, you eat everything around it, and you can just go. You can eat a sandwich while you're driving. You can like run and eat a sandwich. A sa Every meal can be turned into a sandwich, and uh, it, it, the, it is the perfect. If it's not a taco, it's a sandwich. That's it. I hate to say it, but he's not wrong. Soup? Well, soup, soup is a little difficult. That's a drink, dude. Beverage. <laughs> That's a drink. That's, that's a beverage, yeah. Where does SpaghettiOs fall? Uh, actually, drink. If you, No, if you're camping and you take spaghetti and you put it in like one oh. of those campfire things, you know, like the little C-clamp campfire mm -hmm. things and cook it, you can make a, a stinking good uh, hmm. spaghetti sandwich. And you put you put spaghettios inside of a like buttered hot dog run uh, roll as like a sandwich, amazing. Also, I grew up very poor, so th most things you just kind of throw into like mayonnaise. Yeah, sure, sandwich, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I yeah, when uh, growing up, my my mom, my brother, and I lived on food stamps for quite a while. So, yeah, I totally get the uh, make with what you got. You know, figure out something to eat. You know, 
we always we always call dinner time mom surprise. So, all right, Dylan, what's your answer? What what's the what's the what's the story behind the the chicken thigh? Um, so when we were just getting together to um, start recording everything we were doing, um, Silicon Angels and various other projects we had were these like kind of large scale ensemble voice casts where we would have four to eight people to getting together and then just kind of either working off scripts or improvising and Zach having worked in the restaurant industry for a long time would always have food prepared. And he just noticed that, you know, I, I've had to feed myself for a long time. So I just am in the habit of eating before I go anywhere generally, if it's like timely. So I'd show up and I wouldn't have much. And he'd ask me what I, one day he asked me like, do you eat? What do you eat? And I'm like, man, normally when I'm home, I make myself just like chicken, veggies, and rice and stuff like that. And I don't remember how we specifically got on thighs, but we were talking about like cuts of chicken in some way. Well, the, we actually worked together. So I saw you buying chicken the next day. I'm like, what are you doing with these thighs? He's like, oh, that's what I, that's what I eat with my rice. All I knew that this kid eat for like a year of knowing him literally was just chicken thighs and rice. And then for some reason, somebody's like, oh, he also likes taquitos. And I'm like, Okay, that's the second thing now. So I don't know where that came from. I, I awesome. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just whenever I go over there, he has like taquitos and bagel bites, and I'm like, man, I don't, I haven't made these for myself in like a decade. So this is the first time I've had taquitos in a long time. It's like, all right, well, now yeah. bagel. Yeah, bites. there. And then when it came to put up bios on the website, Zach just kind of like brainstormed what he knew about people, and mine was uh, chicken thighs. I'm like, all right, <laughs> hey, I'll keep, I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> There's so much worse that you could have been in your bio. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, you're right. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go and change it up today now. All right, there you go. All right, so guys, with 53 podcasts under your belt, there has to be a uh, difficulty of scheduling. Uh, you know, make sure ahead of time that that life is able to continue outside without you know things blowing up in your face. So, what are the biggest challenges that you guys find to have time with scheduling? And what tips and tricks have you found to help keep yourself sane while juggling these 67 podcasts? Well, okay. So the problem that I have is that my interest hops so quickly that I find something very interesting and I dive into it and I dive head deep and I like make a website and I do all the art for it and I go at it. And then a little bit after like things start moving and we start getting things recorded, then it's like, but, but this idea is actually really cool. And then, so we start doing that. And then as you know, we kind of start developing that it's like, wait, this could be a movie. So then we start working on the movie and then it's like, we're, we're, we're constantly like evolving, but uh, sometimes it was hard to pick that up. So one of the things that I started doing to make sure that that isn't uh, happening for me as much anymore is uh, promising people certain things at certain times. And that way I have to do them and that's it. So I make myself a lot of engagements and it's like, Oh God, I have that tomorrow. Okay, cool. I might as well just get this done right now. So uh, it, it is really uh, almost overextending myself, uh, but not wanting the guilt of failing. So <laughs> continuing. Um, I am a bad role model for creatives. Um I don't recommend anybody follow the process I use, which is Zach and I will have an idea. We will have a rough deadline as to when things need to be done. And I will not work on it until 48, 72 hours beforehand. And then I'll just sprint to the finish line. And I will drive myself up the wall, just completely not doing anything until it's due. And this is a, this is a problem I've had across every single project, every single gig I've ever done. Um, so far, the reason that I've continued doing it this way is because so far there have been no consequences for this method. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also the, the best part about Dylan's method, which I have quickly adopted is that you never look at a schedule to see how like overwhelmed you are. It's like, ah, man, I can do that. It's like two weeks from now. I can definitely get that done. Uh, yeah. So it, it, no, it, it, it works, but I do not suggest it. No. Um, but part of part, I will say part of that initial time, until I start writing is a lot of just passive brainstorming and keeping the project in my mind for a long time. So that way, when I sit down in front of a keyboard, I know rough draft, what is going to go on that page. Um, we're doing, we're in the process of recording a choose your own adventure podcast. I shouldn't call it choose your own adventure. Cause that's trademarked. Create your own pod venture podcast where you 
choose a different episode at the end of every episode to find out what you do. And nice. that was a project that we had kind of let sit for like three weeks or so. And then I sat down and over the course of a week, I wrote, I think like 70,000 words and just wrote out the entire thing in, in like, oh, wow. I, in the week between, in that weird fugue week between Christmas and New Year's, I sat down and did like 5,000 words a day. Mm, wow. That's that's very impressive, actually. Knowing you know, so, Nick's dad is a writer. He's the one who started our our group because he, he's an author. And um, in a, actually, in a few minutes, you guys will have a chance to win one of his books. Um, but anyway, so he you know he wrote this book and he started our our Facebook group and you know just talking with him because I am I'm creative in some ways. I am not creative as a writer. I, I can't sit down. I can't write creatively in, in a story or, or things like that. I can conceptualize an idea. And if I can pass that, I'm what I'm like the poor man's George Lucas. I can't write to save my soul, but I can come up with ideas and that, that I should definitely pass off to somebody else, uh, you know, and let them kind of carry the ball with it from there. Uh, but his, Nick's dad, uh, uh, his pen name is Drayton Allen. Uh, so uh, Drayton is a very good writer and he, you know, I talked with him about his process and how, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I wrote, I think one day he told me he wrote like, you know, 1825 words, 2,500 words somewhere in there. And so to hear you say that I'm writing 5,000 words a day, I'm like, Ooh, that's impressive. <laughs> I have, I have not maintained that pace. That was for that single project. It has, <laughs> it's slowed down pretty, pretty dramatically now that I have to, I mean, I work five days a week from like five in the morning to one so okay. i get off work and then i'm like i have to sit down and do some stuff now the good thing about working during the holidays is that i was able to just kind of like i don't need to be anywhere and i was just sitting in front of the computer for several sessions a day okay. um normally when i was working on my novel i was trying to get 500 to a thousand words a day i was trying to hit seven thousand a week and that could be just kind of spread out wherever it was and for the most part i hit that goal but some days it was like sitting down and pulling teeth mm. yeah i get that okay cool so on top of that massive scheduling that you guys have to do and the 72 podcasts that you have going uh you guys also do roast weddings and i noticed that zach is an ordained jedi knight so how does one become an ordained jedi knight <laughs> actually the exact same website you become an ordained minister <laughs> you can you can literally just click the very next thing and uh i i could have been like four more i i forget what the last two things were that i could have uh signed up for um but yeah the roast weddings so that's something that came up because a bunch of years ago my sister wanted to get married for like the fifth time or something and she uh, asked me to do the service and i'm like yeah dude i would love that let me just trash you and trash all of our family at the same time because i'm not a religious person and it turned out to be like very funny but it was a tight-knit kind of family group so it worked for they they know who i am and when somebody found out that I did like, you know, that I was ordained they're like, Hey, can you do my wedding? And they were friends of mine that I actually, you know, introduced them together. And I said, sure, but I'm not religious. So I kind of do a lot of jokes in my stuff. And I was also a stand-up comedian. So, um, and I thought this was a pretty novel idea. So I, they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. And I'm like, I'm probably going to make fun of some people just so you know. And like, no, just do whatever you want. So that's uh, that's when it kind of came into fruition. Like, hey, this might be kind of a cool thing. And then uh, when I met Dylan <clears throat> and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm an ordained minister. So if, if you're interested in this, we can add this into our business portfolio. He's also an ordained minister, which is cool. So he was like, yeah, I, we could definitely do that. That's fine. Uh, and then we also pitched that idea as a reality show of us being struggling podcasters and falling back on this. So we actually pitched that as a reality show to IBM TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that that hopefully that comes into some sort of fruition. But yeah, if you're listening out there and you want some nobodies to come to your wedding and trash you and your family and most likely your food and music, I don't care. Uh, yeah, We're very because eloquent. When, it, when so, we need to be so just to make sure that we're understanding what exactly we're talking about as a roast wedding i'm thinking of like the comedy central roast where they they invite somebody up and he's the guest of honor who gets just absolutely trashed by everybody that's up there 
Oh, no, it's kind of the opposite where I go up there and as my speech uh, thing, <laughs> uh, I make fun of everyone there. And I mean, they, they're more than welcome to try to roast me. Uh, it's it never really turns out well for anybody for some reason. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know why, uh, but I'm OK with it so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's lighthearted. It's, it's definitely different. And it, it is not just, you know, when you go to a wedding, no one really cares about the service. They want to get dressed up and then they want to sit with their friends and look nice and then go to the party uh and if you take the the first part that only really two people care about kind of and you make that one of the most interesting parts uh that's what we were trying to do with that interesting so are any of those like jedi knight related you work jedi stuff into this when you when you do these these roasts or because you know i'm trying to figure out how the how you get from you know hey I'm, I'm ordained as a jedi knight i'm gonna do your wedding but i'm gonna trash you while i'm doing it I'm like do those two paths cross you're like you're like you know i uh, i knight you with my saber but you're a sith so you can suck it how does this work well those are those are two <laughs> i've i've been knighted uh twice actually i'm an ordained minister of a church uh, the one life church and i'm also ordained as a jedi knight so they don't need to intertwine it's like sometimes you drive a car but you also do podcasts. You're not a driving podcaster. You just do those two things in your life. No big deal. Uh, I am an ordained minister. I do roast weddings. I am also a Jedi Knight. I handle those businesses as well. Gotcha. But that's an idea for a 73rd podcast. You know, we can go driving around and talking, you know, but that's, you know, kind hmm. of Seinfeld's thing, but you okay. know. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking that we should blur those two things and have just nonstop Jedi roasts. You took that in a way different in, way. In a car. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, Dylan, can you, <laughs> Dylan, can you write that down? down? Yeah, we already have a Google Doc. It's got 16 episodes on it. Yeah, okay. thank you. Okay. Yeah, this has been this has been not a very long conversation. We have 16 uh, podcast ideas based on this conversation alone. Well, you're welcome. Glad to help you out. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, so Jedi roast they the Ewoks on Endor had a stormtrooper roast. <laughs> <laughs> That's with true. A, with a really nice drum section. Yeah. Oh, so. dude, that, that was a party. That was like the first Burning Man I ever saw. <laughs> Throw down. All right. So let's talk a little more sci-fi because that's what we are. We're, we're a sci-fi channel. That's what we talk about. So now you told us a little bit each about your sci-fi backgrounds, how you got started. But I want to talk favorites for a moment because each of us has that one part of sci-fi that means more to us than others. We may appreciate you know everything that is sci-fi, but there's usually that, that one thing that that is like you know up here compared to everything else so as far as my favorites go i make it pretty clear that i'm star wars through through and through uh it's the alpha and omega in my life and i've always said that uh i treat it like a marriage it's there for me in the good times and bad and sickness and in health uh, so for you guys what's the one thing that you go back to over and over and over again and is this one thing part of one of your 84 podcasts uh i so if you know me, uh, I'm a Star Wars guy. Like I am, uh, I have Star Wars tattoos. I love Star Wars. I watch Star Wars. I watch something of Star Wars every single day of my life somewhere and I, whatever. Um, but for, I mean, that, that's in there, but that's like my blood. The, sure. thing, the things that I go to as like my cherishables or my, I'm feeling kind of sick. I want this nostalgia. Uh, I have two and it's Tron. I, nice. that, that movie caught me in such a way when I first saw it, I'm like, I don't understand what this is. This is so beautiful. And Akira, when, when that comic and then that anime got to me, like that was beautiful beyond recognition to the, if, if you, if anybody sees it today, it looks like it's a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. And to watch something that could be brand new in 2020 to have watched that almost 30 years ago, that was just mind blowing. And just, I mean, obviously the idea itself is super, super great, but I would say those two Tron and uh, if it's not star Wars, Tron and Akira are my two sci-fi. Just that is that those make my heart beat. All right, cool. So clearly you're talking about the first Tron movie. What were your thoughts on the second Tron movie? Very good soundtrack. Fair enough. Okay. All you need to say about it. <laughs> good music video, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I wonder, because, you know, the couple of Tron purists that I've talked to, you know, and I, and I say that lovingly uh, because, you know, I, for whatever reason. But anyway, well, that's another topic. But, uh, you know, 
they've all had pretty similar reactions. I thought it was a decent movie. I didn't think it was, you know, anything in depth, but, but yeah. So I was just curious because uh, I've known what a couple other people have said and, uh, and I, you know, I think you were nicer about it than they were. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a good movie. It's not even close to a good movie. It's not even a fine movie. It is a movie that you can put on to wash dishes to if you're not going to watch it. Uh, it's not a good movie. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you're not holding back. <laughs> Dylan, what do you think of Tron Legacy? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, Tron Legacy was on, my, the only time I've ever seen it, it was on my college movie channel that was playing for free in all the dorms just on a loop. They'd get like half a dozen movies and just play them for like two weeks at a time. And I remember tuning into Tron Legacy and being like, that's pretty. This was in like 2010. I'm like, yeah, that looks, that looks nice. Music's good. And I don't remember. I remember a bad CGI Jeff Bridges. Horrible uh, CGI, yeah. Really bad. Like not even Uncanny Valley. You're just watching. And you're like, oh, this guy's face is made out of like CGI rubber. Yeah, it was like the blue Scorpion King. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, some bad, yeah. that's there's no, some bad a, cgi for you actual follow-up to that effect from scorpion king for sure um <laughs> and the music like, soundtrack i still listen to derezzed on the regular it really ah. it really got me to listen to uh daft punk more than i was already mm -hmm. fair enough i did go opening night to see tron legacy in 3d i will say in 3D, I did enjoy it because it was like 2D for like the first part of the movie. And then when they went 3D, my mind was like, whoa, what just happened? Like <laughs> it, it's like it's like watching a beautiful anime in a different language, though. You're like, I have no idea what's happening. This is gorgeous, and the music's tight. That's all I need to know. Mm -hmm. Probably won't watch it again. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. So Dylan, what what's your favorite? What is what's the thing that you keep going back to over and over again? Um, I'm with Zach on Akira. I watch Akira once every year or so, maybe every year and a half. Um, not only is it just a gorgeously made just piece of work, but it is still relevant to, you know, we're not going to get into any sort of specific stuff. It's relevant to today. It's set in 2020. It's set in 2020 or it's set in like 2030 or something, but it still feels very, very contemporary and very modern. Um, besides Akira, um, I grew up reading a whole bunch of like Earthsea, Ursula K. Le Guin, a bunch of Heinlein stuff. Um, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Heinlein is top three, if not my perpetual favorite novel of all time. Um, the way that it paints a picture of society in 2071 on like this lunar prison, but everybody, it, it feels like a very, very natural progression for how that sort of society would go. And then how they kind of react to Earth's pressure. Um, I, I'm a big fan of science fiction when it really takes into account how it affects just the everyman, the every person. When you when you get a real like on the ground level of what your concept does to the world is where I, what I really like. Um, right now, I cannot get enough, and Zach's gonna roll his eyes. I can't get enough of the Expanse. Um, I adore that show. It's the spiritual successor to Firefly, but it doesn't, I feel like the expanse is going to hold up far better than Firefly ever will. I, if I talk to this guy about anything, I'm like, Hey, do you want to come over and we can start talking about this movie? He's like, yeah, let me just finish up this episode of the expanse. I'm like, did, oh, did man, you know come on. the guy from that movie that we're talking about is in the expanse. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are you watching 10,000 BC again? <laughs> He's fine in the, He's fine in that. And as far as like, I mean, uh, Godzilla, I, it's technically sci-fi. I'd, I'd say that kind of counts. It's kind it of tertiary sci-fi. I was a huge Godzilla kid. Like when I was in kindergarten, I had a five VHS set of Showa era Godzilla movies: Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, mm -hmm. versus Gigan, versus uh, what was it? Biolanthe, like the big plant monster. Um, so that kind of fueled this love I have. I, have, I like kaiju. I like monster movies. The host, uh, the the South Korean movie, the host. I like. Um, I think Pacific Rim is probably the best of the modern kaiju movies. I think the current Godzilla ones are fine. They're getting better with every one, but they're still. There's something I don't know. There's something lacking through all the Hollywood filter there. Yeah. 
But hey, the at least the Matthew Broderick one gave us a killer soundtrack. <laughs> um yes. No, don't fight that. Rage Against Machines um, on there, great soundtrack. Puff Daddy's um, on there, great soundtrack. Yep. <laughs> Past that, I didn't really care for that movie. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a nineties soundtrack. It's it, it might is. as well be like a now twenty-five, but yeah. that that's it. Good soundtrack though. Roland Emmerich is a hack. I'm gonna say that if, that's my official position on him. <laughs> I love it. All right, cool. So our Facebook group is or our Facebook group page is filled with funny sci-fi memes, and many of these often stem from the what if. So what hero in one sci-fi universe would you like to see against a villain in another sci-fi universe? So you get to cross the streams here. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Dylan, do you have a, do, do you, you pick, you pick a bad guy and I'll pick a villain to, to... Jeez, okay. <laughs> um, man, I don't, sci-fi specifically. Um, we can go sci-fi fantasy, you know, I, I think, geez, I don't know. Zach, do you have something in the barrel already? So I was trying to get Moon Knight to fight somebody in the Harry Potter verse. And I, I think, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but I think I would like to see uh, Moon Knight fighting Mad-Eye Moody. And I, 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 I'm not really sure why. I just love Moon Knight. And I think that he should fight more people, especially in any universe. I don't really care. So, but I couldn't really think of a, of a, of a good enough bad guy. So I, hmm. I think if I had to choose something, and this is going back to my childhood, I would want to see the Yerks from Animorphs invade kind of any other sci-fi universe. It could be the Marvel universe. It could be Star Wars because they are little slugs that crawl in your ear and control your body. And the entire idea is that they can access your memories and t- so they can perfectly imitate you. But they're doing like this slow creeping invasion of Earth. So I would love to see, because Marvel does the scroll stuff with shapeshifters, but those are all yeah. shapeshifters. I want to see like a mind-controlled Mr. Richards try and figure out how to stop the thing wrapped around his brain from infesting all of his friends. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, as I was thinking about this, now I have a more solid answer. I would like to see Buckaroo Bonsai uh, fall into like the Ninja Turtle universe and fight Kang. I think that would be pretty cool. That's That's a deep cut. Hey, whatever. That could be a a cool crossover, actually. Yeah, I like, oh, really I, like cool. I like I like I like Dylan's though. Yeah, I, all I could think of honestly was uh, Star Trek episode two, Wrath of Khan, and then the thing crawling in the dude's ears, and and oh, yeah. I just now I'm just really grossed out. So, uh, <laughs> oh, dude, that scene that scene is still traumatizing, mm-hmm. right? I feel, I feel so bad for Chekhov, right? Because now I'm just like sitting here like wanting to cover oh, my ears. Well, we got the headphones in. <laughs> It's, they're yeah. in there dude the earworms <laughs> are in there they're wigs yeah i'm not taking these headphones off oh, crap. oh all right so oh that's actually kind of cool and, and if i'm not mistaken wasn't there isn't there a moon knight show coming out Did yeah you know what yeah when i found out when i found that that was getting pitched and probably going i think oscar isaac got cast yeah. uh yeah that's what i heard and, and yeah, Ethan so, hawk yeah and that's going to be yeah. pretty interesting because Ethan Hawke is not a franchise guy. He notoriously will not work within franchises. So um, this should be pretty good. But yeah, I, I think Moon Knight as a character needs to get explored more. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he is relevant. I think uh, talking about mental health is is always important. And you know, dealing with that is cool. And, and he does it in a way that is so interesting. But yeah, anyway. No, that's cool. All right, cool beans. All right, so I'm like I said earlier, I make it pretty clear, even though I'm a, I'm a pretty huge into Star Wars. That's that's my go-to. Although I'm, I and like you, Zach, I, I watch something Star Wars almost every day, uh, whether it's animated or it's a movie or Mandalorian or whatever. And I honestly cannot wait for all the upcoming Star Wars content on Disney Plus. But I've never really gotten into all the lore behind everything. You know, I didn't read a ton of the books growing up. I, re- I read a few here and there. I wasn't a big reader uh, after about 14, 15 years of age. Up to that point, I read anything I could get my hands on. Um, 
but I love listening to those who can talk about it. And I kind of nerd out about a few of them and how, how they present it because they do it so well. Now for you guys, how deep does your level of fandom go? Are you more inclined to deep dive into, into the lore or, or are you more like me? You enjoy it for what it is and enjoy the factoids that other people bring to the table. I have less to say on this than Zach, so I'll go first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went I went through a fairly intense Star Wars phase back in high school. This was before Disney bought them out. And I knew, I read up on a whole bunch of stuff. I watched the animated uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars when it was airing. I had that on DVD. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of that stuff. But I never, I didn't read any of the Expanded Universe things. Um, occasionally, my fandom... I tend to geek out more over specific authors than franchises. I'm a huge fan of Glenn Cook's Black Company series from the 80s. I think it's one of the finest pieces of fantasy literature put to page. I'm a huge fan of the Dresden Files, which is a contemporary fantasy series about a private eye who's also a wizard in Chicago. Um, I have all the Hyperion books, like that sort of thing. And if I'm really into that, I will find whatever wiki site there is and read up on that. Star Wars is so exhaustive and I don't have the head start that a lot of people do. And I don't have the time to watch everything. So I've seen the Mandalorian. I caught a few references that the Mandalorian made to shows, but a lot of it is Zach. I'll get a text from Zach and it's like, do you know who this person is on the Mandalorian? And I'm like, uh, I know who Ahsoka Tano is in Star. I know who she is only because she's never mentioned in any of the movies. So she's not an A-level canon character. And I can go on about this for a little while. She is now. now, Yes. Um, You're right. The Disney canon is different than the old Legends canon. Um, Star Wars, I just don't have the time or I guess I I don't want to say I don't care about it because I like Star Wars, but I would rather run a tabletop role-playing game in the star wars universe then spend that equal amount of time consuming star wars media i think it's a great it's a great canvas to have your own adventures in Mm -hmm. but i find that the disney adventures tend to lack a certain type of like teeth there's no real Mm -hmm. teeth to any of the disney stuff which i mean you have laser swords that can and the new trilogy doesn't have any dismemberment and I'm like, come on, it's a tradition. Cut Ray's hand off. <laughs> and that's kind of where my Star Wars and Star Trek and any of those like big sci-fi franchise levels of fandom go. It's like, I will watch things that go into theaters. I will watch things that go into a streaming service. I'm not going to read the comics. I'm not going to do any of the event stuff or any of the, you know, that sort of thing. That's fair. So, yeah, I guess I'm a little different there. Um, So, uh, okay, I I tried to grab the first thing of Star Wars that was within the the reach of my headphones. And this is this is what I grabbed. And I don't know if if anyone has seen these before. Yes. 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 But these are just two VHSs. I have probably 40 paperback books on a spinning wheel in my bedroom that I need to look at before I go to bed that has all of the paperback, you know, trades that are now obviously legends. I have uh, the classic comics in the individual episodes and in the hardbacks and in the trades that I can, you know, flip through pretty quickly. I am a lore person when it comes to things that I love and I love Star Wars. So I am a deep diver. I know, well, I need to know who every character is. I need to know what's going on, what the references are, what's this thing, what's that thing? Are they going to do Shadows of Empire? That kind of thing. So, you know, I'm in. I'm always in and and I try to consume as much. Dylan thinks that you have to choose between doing Star Wars stuff and Dungeons & Dragons. I choose to do Star Wars stuff other than sleeping. I like to do Dungeons & Dragons. You're lazy, dude. He he needs like, (laughs) he needs six hours, six hours a day to just lay down and do nothing. That's ridiculous. There's so many... It, it, the laziest, one of the laziest people that I associate with, lazy, won't respond. Like I'm like, dude, it's two in the morning. Respond to this text message. I need to know if you know who Cobb Vanth is. And he's like, sleeping. Nah, go, go, whatever. Hey, Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> Seth Bullock. Well, now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm a, right. I'm a lorded. 
All right. No, that's cool. And and I like guys who do the deep dive stuff because I will, you know, I know on the surface who these people are and what they are, you know, and kind of that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, there, there's some of it that I have to le- I've had to learn about because I've heard people go mention different people. And I go, oh, who is that? You know, and I got to go back and do a little research on them. And I go find research and I'll find where they're referenced and I'll read up on them a little bit. But I never I I stopped doing the deep dive when I was a teenager because I got tired of the fact that I, at least at that time, I thought, well, this is never going to be in a book or anything but these books. And um, what's the point? It's never going to be put into a movie or a TV show. Little did I know that, you know, things were going to change years to come later. So, all right. So cool. So we know where you guys stand sci-fi wise, what you think, how you feel about things. I think that's a pretty good place. So let's talk about your shows, all 93 of them. So Tell, tell us a little bit about, about the Some Nobody's no, uh, Network and, and you know what you guys have going on over there. So it started with Silicon Angels. I think that, that was really the precipice for us really doing everything. And that, that was a conversation we had at work that was sex robots exist. We know that. Everybody knows that. But they probably have technical problems occasionally, which means there's probably a service to handle those phone calls. Now, what would those people have to go through? So that was like the idea of that one. And the first, I think the conception of it was we were going to try to film it and put it into like a web series, uh, similar to like a workaholics, but obviously what they were doing was way right, more important. Right. And mm-hmm. because you know COVID happened and we weren't really sure what was the best avenue for this thing, we decided to turn it into a found footage uh and turn into an audio drama so then we set it into the future uh to give it more of like a texture to it and more uh lore behind it so silicon angels was our first one and that is solely based around a guy named simon vanderbland and he finds a a computer and and he had he starts his own youtube channel called simon addresses and in that channel what he does is he disassembles and cleans different electronics for people and while he's cleaning up a a computer uh, yeah, terminal, whatever, uh, he comes across all of those. This call may be recorded for training purposes. So he finds you. thousands of hours of that and he starts rifling through it. And he's like, what is all this? So then he starts compiling it. And as he's compiling it, the company finds out that he is starting to dig into them and they've erased themselves off um, I guess social media is kind of, yeah, yeah, that that was our first one. And we really dove deep one and we wanted, uh, we wanted to to build the universe. We wanted to start a lot of lore with that. So um, (laughs) there's a lot in there Mm -hmm. being set in the future, uh, dealing with what these robots are up to. Cause at some point, you know, if you listen to it, it is a serialized. So it does take different story arcs. So the characters that are in there, take arcs the robots themselves some take arcs and that kind of thing um but i would say almost all of our projects have some sort of sci-fi background to them um everything we work on even you know talking upstream we created that show because we had so many weird ideas and we didn't really know what to do with them so people that are in our group we would have people in our group coming over uh, to voice act for Silicon Angels. And while we were kind of getting ready and everyone's eating, Dylan and I would kind of throw a bunch of ideas around and like, is this story cool? Is this, is this a cool concept? Is this a cool concept? And at some point people were like, we would just watch you guys have a meeting. This seems interesting what you're doing here. And then one day we were on IBM TV and they were like, hey, would you guys pitch us a show? We want you on our network, pitch us a show. And we were like, cool, we have this idea where we kind of brainstorm ideas with other creatives and they love that. So, and, and it seems like all those kind of go down the path of sci-fi something. And like Dylan said earlier, we have that uh, create your own pod venture, which that was a cool concept where we once again thought of that on our Talking Upstream show. And that was built around the idea of if someone could build a device that was attached to like their eyes, like Google Glass, and you could connect that to your biometrics, and that thing could kind of tell you visually what your body needed. And we kind of went down the thought process of that, and it went down to, and what if that thing could process love? Now, if that computer that was strapped to your face would highlight a human, it would maybe tell you that you would need a companionship. But if you misinterpreted that and you thought, do I have to eat this human? 
So we were kind of going down this idea, like what would happen to people that were so into science that they might not understand what the computer was actually telling them. And then we had so many different ways that that could go down. And that's when we decided to make that a, a create your own adventure kind of thing out of it, where it was, what would people do with this? What, what would you do if you, know, you did get bit by a snake and it highlighted just grass? Would you think you should eat it? Would you think you would mush it up and put it in there? Or would you not listen to it at all? So as we were kind of, you know, riffing on this, we started building a map on what, I wonder what choices people would make. And then some obviously would kill you because you're stupid. And uh, some would maybe lead you into building uh, a time machine. Who knows? Um, and, and so that was our, our, you know, create your own pod venture project, which our season one of that is called Appeal. And that's about a guy, a, a person who creates the tech that ne- tells him what he needs and he doesn't understand how to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what am I missing, Dylan? Well, we also we also we did a uh, companion show to the HBO series Lovecraft Country, which I okay. was drawn to because I was exposed to Lovecraft's writing at a really early age, and my dad was a big fan yeah. before all of the news <laughs> of how he was as a person came out. Obviously, but it's clear from his effect on pop culture and just how influential he is. Like, we wanted to watch it. And we wanted to talk about it. So we would have we'd have friends of ours on or other guests and stuff. And we would just talk about the show and how the sci-fi concepts could kind of be wrapped up and how people interact and how the, the strangeness of all the magic in there could sure. highlight just societal out like outcasts for no other reason than, you know, the color of their skin. We've got... Um, the podcast podcast that's not really that's what i think that's the least sci-fi of our shows where we intentionally comb the lower ends of the podcast charts for um underperforming or underappreciated podcasts listen to them and then give our honest but not mean opinion on them True, but hey, you but you should be honest. Some of these podcasts are very bad, like when, very bad. When we do not like them, we are honest about it. But we try to we try to explain our rationale behind it and give honest reviews, as opposed to just fair enough. Well, I didn't like what they talked about here, so I'm not gonna. It was more like the way these people are talking about their subject is not something that you should probably expose yourself, like that sort of thing. Okay. Um, and I, Nick, just so you know, we haven't been on there. No. Yet. Not yet. No, um, yet. not yet. <laughs> for the second se- we had to change the format of the second season due to COVID ramping up, but we are getting back into it. So that'll become, we'll have a second season out at some point. This All right, year. cool. Um, but most of the shows, Zach covered it a little bit. Most of the stuff we talk about on Talking Upstream tends to have a sci-fi weird kind of bend to it. And I think that's, at least on my end, I grew up with speculative fiction and I've grown up in a time where technology has just leaps and bounds year after year everything's changed i you know when i was younger i was watching vhs stuff now everything's streaming i was doing you know i was putting my school assignments and filling up a floppy disk with like word documents and now i have terabyte hard drives just scattered around like like sure hip bags and so part of what I really like to write and what I like to cover on like science fiction is how it affects the day-to-day life. So Silicon Angels is about, it's not about the people interacting with the robots in a way that changes their life. It's about the people who are dealing with these processes as just rote uh, workplace operations. Uh, Appeal is about a guy who invents something that is supposed to change his day-to-day life and how he lives. Um, I find the effect that tech right. and that sort of thing has on the mundane day-to-day life far more interesting than like, you know, a gigantic spaceship launching a thousand starfighters and then getting into a dogfight in a low atmosphere. Unless you then make a follow-up story about maybe a kid and her companion scrapping all of the wreckage from that. And then it's about her struggles on like, you know, she's selling scrap. I'm way more interested in that story than the guy who's, telling them what to do i would rather listen to the people who have to live in the world than the people who shaped the world i think that's more interesting from a story perspective i like that that's cool so quick question is talking upstream is the one where where zach where you're sitting in front of the whiteboard with the yeah and, and you're writing down in the, the ideas and okay i thought I, I was pretty sure that's the one you were talking about so just wanted to clarify that yeah and then um so a couple of things we're working on that are very <laughs> sci-fi based we have our uh the super empowered which that is based around a bunch of 
people that have super superpowers that are just superhuman, like, but they're not human, or, they're not heroes or they're villains. They're just kind of in a weird neutral zone where they kind of get picked on by people, such as the main character is just a guy who turned into half goose and he doesn't have a real power. He's just a, a, a super person, you know, vegan so, feathers. Right. And, and there's a person that if they ever taste something, they can taste the expiration date of when it's going to go away. And it's not really a superhero or a villain, but these people get picked on because they're not villains or superheroes. So we kind of constructed this almost a, uh, like a, like a counseling group for the people that kind of go through the struggles of having a power, but not actually knowing what to do with it or wanting to be a hero or wanting to be a villain. And then obviously the, we, we wrote in a, a big bad who, you know, uh, you know, turns himself in, Whatever. they come together as a team in the end and yeah 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 i kind of want to listen to this one yeah so that's <laughs> coming out first. yeah that's in progress and then we have another one called um the of course i still love you and it's about a guy who just wants to be wants to work on a fishing boat after he lost everything his wife left him and everything's going uh, everything's going bad for him so he leaves everything and goes on a fishing boat and pretty much like the first day uh, the second day out this weird kind of mythological thing happened and the the the, the boat gets boarded by these fish people people. and yeah so then he's stuck on the boat by himself in the middle of the ocean as a greenhorn he doesn't know what to do on this boat he's just stuck there and thinking that these fish people are going to come back because he doesn't really know what they're doing so that's called the of course i still love you and uh, that's obviously uh, more i guess fantasy based but which kind of falls um but yeah we we have a bunch of things coming out and uh we're we're actually hopefully filming a movie pretty soon and we're, we're getting uh, a team together we've had some people have to duck out for other applications yeah. and we have a sure. script we have uh we have a, a good crew so far and it's that's called give me back and that's pretty sci-fi based that's based oh, yeah. around the idea of i don't explain this i don't want to i don't want to give away um, so uh, the main character uh one day wakes up in a body that's not his and then he gets a mess a phone call on a phone that's not his saying Hey, here's an address. Go kill the guy there and we'll get put you back in your body. And he goes, I'm not going to do that. And they go, okay, you have 24 hours. Every hour we're going to uh, do something bad to your actual body. And after 24 hours elapses, we'll put you back in whatever's left. So then he's kind of stuck doing it. So it's this kind of like story about a guy who is dealing with this crime group, like a syndicate who we haven't really spent much time developing what they're doing out very far but they are swapping people into bodies so they can commit crimes not having to worry about evidence and then swapping them out and then just being like cool you did it don't tell anybody about this yeah. um and that's going to be a short it's short it's like a 15 page script it's going to be cut down again um we're working on getting that together um obviously things right now have made it a little harder on doing crew yay covid yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, but but like Dylan said, I mean, a lot of people would just make a movie about body swaps, and what we wanted to do was explore the idea of what a human would do if you didn't have your face, if you didn't have your fingerprints, and you had to kill somebody to get your body back. Would you do it? Like, how, how would how would you like for me? Like having to go kill somebody, how would I do that? You know, I would I get a knife or would I find out, you know, so it was, it was that thought process that really gets us down. So yeah, D- Dylan's correct when he said that a lot of our stuff is it's sci-fi based, but it is how humans have to deal with their surroundings and the yeah. tech that they're given. I, I like the, the, the moral aspect of it. What's your morality. And, and, you know, that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm anxious to, to see that come to fruition. So cool. All right, guys. Well, you guys got a lot on your plate over there. It's kind of fun. So now uh, what we'd like to do and what we like to do with every one of our guests that come on, we like to play a little game. And so uh, this is a quiz game. Now, typically what we do is we give our guests five questions and we give them to them in multiple choice. But since there are two of you here today, we're not going to give you multiple choice. We're just going to ask you the question. If you answer it, you guys have to tell us it's your final answer. You guys can talk to each other, make your decision uh, and as, as a group and say, uh, you know, raise your hand. This is our group answer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just, uh, but yeah, okay. So there'll be five questions. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Dylan, you need to do well because I want this mug so bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I really want this mug. So okay. uh, you have to do a good job here. Yeah, All right. that mug. So here's, so here's how this works. We've got five questions. They're based in Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Marvel MCU. 
Okay. So it's very clear that we want to make sure that it's MCU, not comic book related. Okay. Oh. So although those two can cross over a little bit here and there. All right. So now if you get 60%, so three of the questions correct, we're going to give you each a coffee mug. If you get four out of five correct, we're going to give you the coffee mug and this book called Custodians of the Cosmos. Now, this is the book written by Drayton Allen. It's uh, where we get our Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund from. Uh, it's based upon a guy who wanted to join Starfleet, couldn't hack it, so he joined as a custodian. And what happens to him on the Starfleet ship when it gets attacked? So you're following his story and what's happening. And cool. it's basically the story of those who boldly go to clean up after those who boldly just went. So, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, you guys might get a kick out of that. And of That's course, with any, any good quiz show, if you don't win, if you don't get three out of five, we take a picture of your face and we make a meme out of you. Mm. Do you agree right. to those terms and conditions? Yes. Oh right. yeah. Oh yeah. I, now I almost want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so five questions. We'll, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to talk amongst yourselves. Uh, just make sure that we know it's your final answer, okay? All right, Nick, fire away. What is the name of the Death Star's original commander? The Death Star's original commander? So it depends on the definition of original. Because uh, it's either, in my mind, right, Tarkin or Krennic. Well, it's not Krennic. No? No, he was he was sanctioned by Tarkin. Uh, okay. But the, they said original, which is an yeah. interesting question. Uh, I, I guess we're going to have to go with Tarkin. I mean, he, 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 yeah. he was the one who ordered it. So, ooh. Yeah, I, I, I finally oh, yeah. answered. Yeah, finally answered Tarkin. Yes, you are. That's correct. Okay. Cool. So the, the word original was put in there to do just what it did, kind of trip you up a little bit. <laughs> so Krennic, Krennic designed it and built it, but it was at Tarkin's command and he was the original commander. All right. So question two Who was Count Dooku's Padawan before he left the Jedi? Okay. All right. So, is all right. Uh, is this is this a Saz Ventress? Right? Is is that is that right? I, uh, before you left the Jedi. Before was that not, the Jedi. Was that not Qui Gon? Oh, before he left the Jedi, right? Yes. Who was Count Dooku's Padawan before he left the Jedi? Yeah. Then yeah, you're right. It's Qui Gon, right? It, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Final answer. I yeah. So. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a Saz Ventress. No, I'm oh. kidding. It's quite good. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's a job. God, I like, missed the comic. <laughs> like how Zach's like, I missed that comic. Where yeah, is I know. that comic? <laughs> I literally was looking around. I look at my wife. I was like, grab me that comic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely Qui-Gon. All right. So you're two oh. for two. All right. Hey, good you job, almost Joe. got a mug. Man, yeah, good job. Good job. Question three. Who holds the title King of the Golden Hall in the book Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers? Let's golden hall i'm pretty sure that's theoden i'm pretty sure that's theoden from rohan is that the golden hall i think so yeah I, yeah I, Era, that, it's, eros someone like that legolas no no it's, it's not legolas. no it's not legolas i'm pretty sure it's theoden yeah, um, yeah that, that i mean because it, it's not aragorn it's not denethor there is no king in gondor currently <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, there's no king of the Shire. We don't see Numenor. Well, the Golden Hall would either be elves or uh, yeah, Rohan. So I, I I don't think they were. I don't think Rivendell is the Golden Hall. I'm pretty sure it's just Rivendell. Yeah, let's go Theoden. Yeah. Theoden. Theoden. Final, final answer. answer. Yep. Very good. <laughs> and All right. So you guys, you guys have earned yourself a coffee mug. All right. And Wait, we're going to send you one that we haven't drank out of yet. So I mean, there's that. Oh. We okay, didn't so, even answer four questions yet. Well, three, no. three, is, three is the mug. Uh, I figured four I guess, was without it being drunk out of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I make no That's promises on, after three. We have to share this mug, Dylan, just so you know. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, Every well, other one, weekend. That's right. All right. It's custody rights. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So this dragon does not play a role in Lord of the Rings, but rather a significant role in The Hobbit. Yeah, well, I mean, it, like yeah. it's got to be Smaug, right? Smaug. I can't even yeah. think of a. I can't even think of a funny answer to that. Chief and foremost <laughs> of calamities. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, yeah. Final answer. We're Smaug. You are correct. Right on. Boom. All right. Boom. So cool. All right. So you guys are four for four. Mm-hmm. So this question is just for funsies. Good. We like to say that every time this happens, just for funsies. <laughs> Which infamous aquatic bird cameos in the post-credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> uh, uh, we know. It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, a gentleman named Howard the Mallard. <laughs> <laughs> Howard the Duck, vo- uh, voiced by Seth Green. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, so we I wanted to make the, the questions a little a little more uh actually I had to think about them. I'm, I'm glad. So made you guys think a little bit. All right. But unfortunately you guys still gonna go five for five. So I didn't I didn't uh I didn't make it too difficult. We will if we're if, you know, once you guys get your movie done, we'd like to have you guys back on again and we'll talk about that and uh, I'll make sure that the next quiz is much more difficult. because uh, you have proven your valor. So Good. That's honestly, that's all I want to hear on any given day. So thank you so much. <laughs> and I had I had to let you know. Uh, so I, in research, we obviously I, I watch your show anyway, but I watch a lot of your shows today. And the one question that I was expecting you to ask, and it racked my brain. You can you can ask my wife. I had a hard time with this question, and I don't have a hard time with any questions ever. But the all question right. the question that you that you ask most creatives is what inspires you to be creative, and it was such an intriguing question and it really, it, it threw me for like an hour. I literally shut all, all my devices off. I'm like, what does inspire me to be creative? Is it my, like my childhood or is it just my, uh, my, my want to talk or am I just an egomaniac? And I had a hard time. I literally had to lay on the floor and I was like breaking down as a human. I'm like, why am I creative? What am I do- why, why do I do this? Like, I, I can't do it anymore. Oh man. So I am, I am both pleased and upset you didn't ask me that because it it it, it, bothered, it really bothered me anyway i'm sorry i don't want to I will it. save that question for the next time you're on you'll have okay. plenty of time to prepare ahead yeah good <laughs> <laughs> he'll still be thinking about it I'll, i'm gonna start right now literally i'm just gonna lay, <laughs> and gonna down lay to the floor, just down lay, to the floor he goes yeah i got it i gotta lay down i, I can't process this <laughs> well zach and dylan thank you so much for being on our show today uh, where can people go to find out more about your work? Oh, easy. Anywhere. Uh, no. So somenobodies.com is our website. And that kind of keeps everybody updated on what's going on, the, uh, the process of most of our stuff. If you want to help out and you want to contribute and you want to watch us do some movies and, and maybe make me make Dylan make more podcasts, you can go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. You can find all of our stuff. If you go to any podcast thing, especially listener app and uh, type in some nobodies, you're going to get a, a bunch of weird stuff, but you know, Silicon angels podcast podcast is us uh, just reviewing very, very bad podcasts and some okay podcasts, mostly very bad podcasts. Uh, if you like anything, if you like star Wars, uh, Scott Curtis asked me to do do a does he hate star wars podcast because that dude is an old curmudgeon and apparently he doesn't like something that i built my entire life around so how dare he ask me number one and how dare he not love the show (laughs) you can go find that at do i hate star wars uh but yeah some nobodies that that's everything me and dylan are doing and and we would like it if anyone just listened that's it and and leave a review tell us what you think i'm a creative because i like feedback or I like knowing that people are paying attention to me. Yeah. So I like knowing what people think about what we're putting out there. I go through and I read the Apple, like re- the po- Apple podcast reviews and all of that sort of thing. All right, cool. Great. We will make sure we place those in our description so that people can find you and all of your other works. Now we want to remind people too, that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do. It makes it uh, possible for us to get more amazing guests like Zach and Dylan and give you funny moments to listen to. Now, please subscribe. It's going to help more than you're ever going to know. But we also want to make sure that you go to somenobodies.com and you subscribe to the work of Zach and Dylan as well. Now, with their 117 podcasts, there's got to be something in there that you guys are going to like. 
and make sure that you pay attention to what they're doing. So as a final reminder, if you're not happy with the content of our video today, all you have to do is submit in quadruplicate to our complaint department and they will duct tape the offending party to a chair and force them to listen to all 143 podcasts of our guests, some nobodies, back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> yeah, that'll teach them. <laughs> well, thanks again, guys. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for watching today. And go check out some nobodies. You're going to be glad you did. Bye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Arms Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 17. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and gets slain in the crossover mission at Helm Z, 19 minutes into episode 3, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his leg. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to draytonallen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.